Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Thank you for joining us and welcome back to Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And this week's episode is brought to you in part by MyBookie. Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor super contests and squares. Sign up now and get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar, all the way up to $1,000. And while you're at it, grab yourself an entry into the famed MyBookie Super Contest. What is the Super Contest and how do you play? It's simple. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread each week to have the chance at $100,000 guaranteed in cash prizes. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Use promo code THEORY and double your first deposit now. It's a no-brainer. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. And as you can see, I see there are a lot of people in the chat live on YouTube. Guys, the week, it, it is upon us. Football is finally here. We are joined by Dan Lamagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? JB, I am stoked, man. I got my my bookie bet ready. I got Dallas in the over. My uh, hard knocks cowboy sunglasses came in with my sidelines hat. I got Dak on one side by the Dynasty Theory plate. Cooper behind me. I got the Zeke Funko Pop going. CD Lamb, welcome to Dallas. I'm winning big on my bookie, pal. Let's go. We I hope so. Woo. I hope so. Because whenever we have our first meetup, we keep saying you have to win the Millie Maker, or if you win a big bet, you're flying us out. Yeah, I got you on the Millie Maker. Mitch and I were talking pre-show, but this is Dynasty tonight, so we're going to focus on some Dynasty. But I, I got you. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about DFS. I didn't like it while I was having my technical difficulties. <laughs> I let you guys kind of—it's like whenever you, you were little and your parents left the room or had to go to the store or something. You're like, all right, now's my chance. I, I can do something that I'm not supposed to be doing. You two talking about DFS is the equivalent of that. And we're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That is at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on? This past week on Twitter has been as much fun as it's been. It's been horrible at the same time. Like the hot takes are going wild. And if you disagree, people like shout from the rooftops, even if they don't like read your tweet in the first place. It's It's been something. But no, I'm super happy. The season's finally starting. We're pretty much a day away at this point. It's going to be awesome. This is probably, it's one of my favorite episodes that we do. We did it last year when we were Super Flexology. And Mitch, I went back and I listened to it. And I sent you the list. And last year, no joke, between values and fades at their price and how we were comparing them against redraft ADP, I think we rattled off around 50 players. So tonight's going to be a little bit shorter. We're going to condense that list a little bit. But I am interested to see how this plays out because when I went back, and listen to last year's show, it was a decent amount of, of takes that ended up being okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're looking to to bump that up here this year. And I think the addition of Dan and all of his Cowboys gear, he's going to be able to help us out there. I, I want to jump right into it. And the first thing I want to talk about, because Mitch, you had a tweet last week and people just, if you disagree, that's fine. But I don't think they read it or they weren't understanding what you were saying. So I don't know if you want to talk about that because it kind of leads into our first question tonight. My tweet just said, my dynasty misses in value so far because all of these guys' values have dropped. I was talking about Devin Singletary, Keyshawn, Vaughn, and I don't even remember. Her. Oh, it was Jay Sternberger right now. Yeah. And anyone who's listening to the show knows that back in April and May, I was talking about these guys. I'm like, hey, their value is going to continue to climb, so you should trade for them now. If you traded for them in April and May, I was flat out wrong because 
their value is a lot less than it is now. It doesn't matter what they do in September. Their value will go up at that point if they do really good. But I'm talking about today, right now, their value is hardly anything. You can't get anything for them. So I was just saying, hey, you know, that's my misses going into the season, asking for other people's. And it just turned into uh, you can't have misses at this point. It was <laughs> it was rough. I shouldn't even have got involved, but I was on vacation last week. And anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I had a few beverages last week and I was getting extra feisty. And FF coach dad over there was yelling at me. Hey, John, language. Watch, watch your language there, son. Um, you know, but. I, I chimed in and I probably shouldn't have because it got me all riled up. I'm sitting there on the beach and my top priority should be relaxing. And I'm, uh, I got to argue with people about Mitch's post, Mitch, Mitch's tweet. And so many people said, oh, there, there's no season. No game has been played. How can you have a miss right now? Value wise, value wise, value wise. So the first thing we want to talk about up to this point, well, I wasn't going to say up to this point in the off season, but it's the end of the off season. And again, thank goodness. But I want to talk about any off-season value misses. Yes, no games have been played. We don't know who's a miss or who's a hit. But just like, you know, I think, Mitch, you kind of touched on it a little bit already. So it's probably going to be similar, the guys you bring up, the guys you tweeted. Dan, let's start with you. Who are some of your off-season value misses? If you acquired them early in the off-season and you paid maybe an inflated price, it's not looking too great right now. Because if you would have waited, you could have got off, got off the hook a little bit. Yeah, I was kind of looking throughout the offseason. I mean, we've been at it for a while now. You know, the offseason's been quite long. You know, I came out blazing on the Marlon Mack train. You know, that, that was a little bit depressing as I reflect back. I'm, you know, still holding a little bit hope that he goes somewhere next year as a free agent. But as far as this year, uh, those those Marlon Mack stocks are, are, are down. Uh, you know, not so many epi episodes ago. We were having a nice little discussion of Noah Fant versus TJ Hawkinson. And at that time, I was higher on Fant. And I, I literally think like the next day, like the fantasy gods came down and Hawkinson was, you know, reborn and just studying since then. I'm, I'm getting higher on the Hawkinson train and, you know, maybe small regrets of, of Noah Fant, you know, not liking him uh, more than Hawkinson. Uh, Mitch mentioned before Jay Steinberger. Uh, and I give Mitch kudos because, I mean, again, looking at some coach speak from a, a year ago, Jason, the slot, you know, he was in that deeper tier of tight ends that I liked as a sleeper. So that's kind of down high on Nick Chubb early. You know, I, I'm starting to get a little little bit of cold feet there as much as I still love Nick Chubb. I'm getting a little bit nervous. And and guys, I, I guess I got to give up on Des Bryant returning. It's um, I'm starting to lose hope on all those Des shares I have. So there's just so, there's some of the guys. I'm sure I'm missing some, and you know something will come that you guys probably want to bust me about. But those off the top of my head are guys that are definitely value misses. And I don't know if you saw the news today, but you might be off the hook for one of the guys early in the off season. You were all in on James Conner. We talked about him countless times. Then the Steelers draft Anthony McFarland. We're not really sure how James Conner's progressing throughout the off season health wise. But I don't know if you guys saw the little blurb today. Mm -hmm. Without a question, without a shadow of a doubt, he is their bell cow back. I, I think that that has to have you feeling good, Dan, because that, that's a take that you've had. You've invested in him. You've put your money where your mouth is throughout this entire offseason. And now his stock, whether it's for only 2020 or maybe if he gets the extension a little longer term, but his value is back up on that upswing. So it kind of bailed you out here the week that the season's kicking off. And you had to have liked that. I love the word bell cow. And I'll touch on a little bit more as we zip through running backs later, but bell cow and me are great friends. And uh, 
the health has been my only concern since the beginning of the offseason, and he's looking really healthy. So right now, <laughs> knock on wood, that pick's going strong, JB. Now, Mitch, everybody knows that you and I, we were driving the bandwagon when it comes to Keyshawn Vaughn, so I don't want to spend time on him because it's still – my heart is still broken. I still can't even talk about it. with. I, I have a tissue over here just in case we had to bring up Keyshawn Vaughn and I teared up a little bit. But who else do you have that you didn't mention maybe in that tweet that people didn't understand? I was going to bring up Gardner Minshew just because it's not his, that his value has dropped. It's that perception by everybody is they're taking on purpose and they're going to draft whichever rookie quarterback they like the most. So it doesn't matter if you're the biggest Jacksonville Jaguars fan right now and you think they're going to go eight and eight. And if they do that, Gardner Minshew is probably going to have a decent fantasy year and play himself, play themselves out of, you know, one of those top quarterbacks. Perception is going to be until next May that Minshew is going to be replaced and it's going to be really hard to get anything of value for him. So he's someone that if you have on your team right now and anybody is offering you a quarterback that has any sort of future, I would trade Minshew for that right now because it's going to be really hard to get out of it, you know, until May of next year if they don't draft a quarterback. That'll be like your only escape after this. I got to give Mitch kudos there because he surprised me in one of our group chats a few weeks back when he put Minshew on the block. And that yeah. was the first surprise in itself. But then he flipped them. And I don't even remember what you got, Mitch, but in reviewing the trade, I was like, that's solid. So, you know, to I think it's good for our listeners to know, you know, hey, we get on some takes, but we're very quick to recognize, hey, it's sell time. And, and Mitch did. He sold and he got a good deal. Yeah, I got 2021 first and second for him. And I was really happy about that. I honestly don't know if you would get a 2021 first in many 12 team leagues right no, now. I don't think Minshew. So. And again, it is the the public perception. And I think it's accurate. I think this is a situation where that team, we can't expect them to do too much, but if they can just get outside that top, what five, six, seven, eight mm-hmm. picks somehow, then maybe Garner keeps his job. But I do think that he's going to have, out of necessity, a tremendous 2020. Maybe not efficiency-wise like he did last year, but the stats are going to be there. And if you're getting me fantasy points, that's all I really care about. And any other guys here that, that you two wanted to touch on, off-season value misses. We brought up Keyshawn Vaughn. He's still, it's not somebody that we're looking to move. And then so many people on that thread, they were chiming in, oh, you know, be patient, don't trade him. No, but nobody said that. No, the whole point was, is you can't trade him now that's the whole thing is is their value is so far down that you can't trade them the whole point of when i play dynasty i want to trade just like you know dan is the leader in trading he is throwing out trades every single day in leagues and if you get a player whose value keeps dropping then you can't trade them or you don't want to trade them because you can't get anything for them no and especially right now the, the guys that we've talked about you brought up devin singletary that was a guy I was extremely high on coming into 2019. And I really didn't think there was any chance they were going to draft somebody. And Mitch, we're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow night, the whole Zach Moss, Devin Singletary dynamic over at Fantasy Football Confidential, which is going to be live nine o'clock on YouTube and Twitter. But then, you know, I, I think that's a guy that he's going super late, whether it's redraft or dynasty. And if you have these guys in your roster, see how it plays out. Unless you really think they're going to completely tank in value because of the changing situation. Keyshawn Vaughn, he very well could be a guy that completely tanks in value. Do you think you'd get a 2021 20, second for Vaughn? I don't think so. No, no, there's no. And I'm not, and I'm not going to move him for a third. So we've, you know, we, we talked about these guys enough, but these are the ones that off-season value misses. If you're in the chat, drop a few guys in there that maybe 
early in the offseason you were willing to invest in, you might have had to pay an inflated price. Then whether it's because of free agency, the draft, training camp, how things have gone up to this point, their perceived value, and that's what this all it, it's all about here during the offseason, but their perceived value may have dipped a lot or a little in some cases. But now I want to, I, I want to get to the fun part here. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that we have been talking about since, what, December 26th last year, right after week 16. As soon as week 16's over, we get into off-season mode. I know that's when Dan, he's driving home the DFS, but those are the three letters we don't want to talk about anymore. <laughs> but Dan, start us off. Who is a quarterback? And this isn't a surprise. And if you want to throw any extras in here, you're more than welcome to. But quarterbacks that you've been talking about all off-season, you've been acquiring and you think there is a very good chance that their dynasty value rises throughout 2020 and direct correlation, they have a strong 2020. So for redraft purposes, they're also going to be a viable option. Yeah. A few positions tonight. I'm coming in with a one, two punch JB, you know, one we've been talking about for a long time, but I also want to give our listeners something new tonight and, and add a little wrinkle as our studies have evolved throughout the off season. I've been on Dak since the beginning and not just cause I'm a Cowboys Homer. I, I take pride in that. I was in it in on Dak before he was like QB three where everyone's positioned him right now. And it really is just taking a close eye of how the Dallas offense has evolved. You know, you go from Randall Cobb to CD lamb, you go from Jason Witten who moves the chains, but gets no yards after the catch to Blake Jarwin, who's going to, you know, extend the yak and then expand that offense a little bit more. Tony Pollard in year two, everything's aligned. You get away from the clapper and I think they're going to be slinging the ball and Dak's in for a great year. So I am nothing has changed. And I, I like, you know, we all love Mahomes. We all love Lamar, but we see him going super early, depending on the format, first round, maybe second round again, depending on the format. But when I can get Dak a few rounds later and feel really good that I believe he's going to get 4,000 plus yards and a ton of touchdowns and be an MVP contention, I'm feeling really good about that that value. So Dak's still, you know, going hard for me. But my new one, JB, just again, and, and studying and liking the way things are landing is Cam Newton. You know, I'm just a Bill Belichick believer. I'm a Josh McDaniels believer. And I'm right now a Cam Newton believer because he is as healthy as he has ever been. His arms looking good. His legs are looking good. He's determined. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's incentivized for money. Everything's there for Cam Newton to potentially be top 10, top five. And his value on fantasy pros, as we were looking at, is way down low. At, help me out here. I had it 16. So, uh, you know, 16 quarterback rank, I'm, I'm moving Cam way up. So give me Cam Newton. And I've backed that up with a lot of trades in the dynasty leagues in the last uh, last month. You have. And this kind of started when we had Liz Loza on. We had Ian Harditz on. Back-to-back episodes in one week, both of them were singing Cam's praises, and I think that kind of resonated with us. And within the fantasy community overall, Cam's a very interesting case. We never like to see players on that one-year contract, but it's kind of a prove-it situation. And I think that offense is going to do some things that are going to play to his strengths. We kind of saw it a little bit with Jacoby Brissett, who obviously has a little bit more of a similar skill set than Cam and Tom Brady. But yeah, Cam is somebody that I, he's definitely interesting. Mitch, over to you. Who who do you have here? It's Daniel Jones. The, what do we look for? Why is Kyler Murray going as quarterback three or four right now? It's because of the rushing floor and the passing ceiling. And Kyler hasn't even really done it yet. He hasn't had those spy week, spike weeks. With Daniel Jones, we've already seen it. He had four games of four touchdowns with at least four touchdowns. And he only played 13 games last season and he had that. 
And he didn't have one game with all of his pass catchers. I mean, he still has Ingram, Slayton, Shepard, Barkley, Tate. His skill position players around him are still very, very good. And just going in, he's still being drafted quarterback 12, quarterback 13. There is zero reason with how young he is that he's not going to be going in the top six or seven of next year. And the only reason why people aren't doing it yet is because they have take lock from his draft when everyone's like, oh, Daniel Jones sucked and the Giants made a horrible pick because they wanted to hate, hate on him for taking Barkley the previous year. Like Daniel Jones is going to be the guy to own moving forward. So if you could trade for him, I would trade for him in every league that I could. This is the exact conversation I had going into 2019. And you could replace Daniel Jones mm-hmm. almost verbatim what you just said with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. It is a take lock, a quarterback that has rushing upside. Uh, people thought it was a bad take in the actual NFL draft, you know, everything. So you had an interesting tweet earlier in the offseason, and this was four or five months ago. So this is somebody that you've been on all offseason. And every Dan, do you notice every time I say something that Mitch said or tweeted? I get worried. <laughs> he gets those big eyes. He's like, oh, my God. It's what like did I did. I, I said something. What, what did, did I, I do this say? time? <laughs> no, no, I, I never bring that up in a negative light, though. It's always a positive light or, or a playful jab. But in this situation, and I don't know the exact verbiage, but you said something like this time next year, Daniel Jones will have a higher ADP than Kyler Murray. It was something like that. Are you standing by that here on September 8th? Yeah. And just be definitely. Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, it's more so Kyler Murray's being drafted too high right now. So there's going to be people who, when he isn't quarterback three on the season, he's not quarterback four, he's not quarterback five, they're not going to draft him there. And so that's going to end up dropping him down. And if Daniel Jones ends up having, say he finishes as the eighth best fantasy quarterback this year, people are going to be like, okay, year three, we've seen it already. We're going to bump him up. And I think the problem's going to be is people are going to do not as much with Mayfield, but you know how Mayfield's going quarterback 19 now when he was going quarterback for last year. I think yep. the same thing's going to happen, just not to that extent. When we talked about our fades, that was one that I was I was quite proud of with my takes from last year for the same episode. But I said Baker Mayfield, he was going quarterback four at that time. And I actually, I, I was I was right in the take that I said he was going too early. But then I said, oh, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. He wasn't even close. And now, like you said, his ADP has certainly dropped. Dan, do you think top 10 quarterback in 2020? I don't know. For me personally, I think that's a little overambitious on Mitch's part. I think he could crack it, like number 10. Uh, you know, I've been looking at this. And and again, Mitch is, I do listen to you guys. As much as I razz you when you get these hot takes. And you know, being a Cowboys homer, when I hear, you know, Danny Jones, Carson Wentz, I got to take an even harder look. But that offense right now is as healthy as it's it has been, knock on wood, because we all know that could change tomorrow. But, you know, Ingram, Shepard, these are guys that they have had trouble keeping on the field but when they're healthy they've performed so he's got all the pieces around him similar to Josh Allen like you mentioned you were on last year JB they both could run their work ethics incredible the team's investing in them so the stars are aligned I think to crack top 10 I do think it'll be tough because he is only entering year two to maybe you know pass the Matty Ices Josh Allen who we mentioned and then you get into that higher tier Kyler I'm very interested in watching Arizona Mitch and I were talking about that pre-show as well really want to take a hard look at Arizona week one and see how that O-line's evolving and how Kirk you know is does he take a next step and the rest of the offense yeah looking at the quarterbacks that you two have chosen for me I, I I would not be surprised if Dak happened to end up the quarterback one overall 
But Daniel Jones, man, Mitch, and I and I love Daniel Jones, and I, I I made moves to acquire him. My favorite trade that I've ever made, it was in what was it in Mitch third and thirty or fourth and one. Yeah. I acquired Antonio Brown last year, and it was it was when all this was going on, mm-hmm. and then I got offered or I flipped him immediately. Antonio Brown for Daniel Jones, a fourteen team super flex league, and that's my. If I was in the March Madness tournament, that is my one shining moment. I was I was thrilled with that. I traded you Antonio Brown. Do you remember who you get who you sent me? Christian Kirk, I believe. Christian Kirk. Yeah. Once you said that, yeah. <laughs> so I will I will gladly swap. And I love Christian Kirk. And we might actually get to him a little bit later with wide receivers. I'm not sure, but I will gladly swap Christian Kirk for Daniel Jones in a 14 team super flex league. And now, guys, I'm getting deja vu because for me, my guy, it's Matt Ryan. He's gonna be Loading up with my guy behind me, Calvin Ridley. He's going to have Julio Jones. We've come around, or I've come around at least on Hayden Hurst, especially looking at our projections. And I, I see Joey's in the chat. What's going on? I think he dropped some some weird emojis in there that are just coming up as squares. That's all right. Maybe I just need to update my computer. But it's Ice Man for your boy, Matty Ice. Oh, okay. That makes oh, sense. Is it a- ice Cube. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But yeah, I, I was I was very high on him going into last offseason. And it seems like he's actually going higher now than he was going into 2019. But it's still a guy that with the weapons around him, yeah, there's a little bit of concern with that offensive line. But that division, and we've talked about it all offseason, and that's what this is. It's guys that we have planted our flag, and we've been talking about them throughout the entire offseason. And Matt Ryan has been somebody that I've been shoving down people's throats. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, who I actually think can have a productive season. But when we look at that offense, we have Hayden Hurst and Mitch. I'm talking about our projections. Hayden Hurst as I'm reading the comments here. Hayden Hurst as a top 12 tight end, two wide receivers as top eight wide receivers. Things are lining up very nicely for Matt Ryan and Mitch. You you threw over some scientific data. Dan, I'll I'll turn it over to you in one sec. But Mitch, what was your scientific data with Matt Ryan and why he's going to have a great season? Oh, it's every other year. Matt Ryan like sucks for one year and he's ranked really highly. The next year he drops down. He puts up an MVP type se- season. I think it's going to happen again. It's 2020. It's yep. even. But my only concern is with how how weird this year has been. Maybe he reverts back to an odd number year. I don't know. Dan, what's your time out here? God, I got your back here, man. But I'm hearing, you know, Ridley, Julio, Hurst, your sleeper that you talked about. I don't know if it was how many episodes ago or on shows we guessed it on. But Russell Gage, man, I'm hearing he's playing in the slot. You didn't even mention him. Where's the love? All right. Rewind that about 30, 40, 50 seconds. Oh, and Russell Gage. Don't forget about him. So we have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, Todd Gurley, Quadri Olison. We can't forget about him. He's going to be running back 117 this year. <laughs> this is a really good, not, well, yeah, it is a question. Joey says, who would you rather have? And I love this. Joey, do you want us to do dynasty and redraft? We could do both scenarios. Would you rather have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley or Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones, or Kenny Galladay? You're, you're pulling at my heartstrings here. I, I, I got both guys here. Dan, who are you taking here for redraft? Not even close for me here. I'm Atlanta redraft, dynasty, you name it. I have Matty Ice over Stafford. I have Julio definitely over Marvin Jones. If you're looking at veterans, if it's redraft, I have Julio even over Gall- Galladay. He said Ridley and dynasty. That that's a, that's a no-brainer for me. Atlanta stack all the way. 
I completely the, agree that like Stafford is the same as Ryan. There's no big difference there, but Julio definitely over Galladay and Ridley's going to be over Marvin Jones. Like Ridley is so far over Marvin Jones that it just kind of blows everything else out of the water. If you want to say all the rest are pretty close. Any way you look at it, I would take Galladay over Julio or Ridley one for one. And I know I'm probably going to get some trade offer in my inbox when this episode hits. That's <laughs> going to be something along those lines. Let, let's spice it up a little bit because I'm also going Atlanta. Joey, we're going to add another element. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Todd Gurley, or Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, and DeAndre Swift in Dynasty. Now, what are we talking? 12-team, super flex league. Which mega stack would you rather have if you were in the live chat? I want to know what you guys think. And Joey, you're not immune to this. You have to give your answer even though you pose the question. It's Swift, like because Swift has the highest upside of all of these guys. Ridley isn't ever going to go in the first round. That's just not in his range of outcomes. Swift has an opportunity for that to happen. Will it happen? More than likely not, but it can happen. So that's why I would go with the Swift side. And Gurley's depreciation at this point, his value is never going up from here. So you're just losing value on that side. So I would just rather have Swift. I have nothing to add there. I will go with the line. So. Lions, if we add Swift, Falcons, if we just do the quarterback and two receivers. Dan, anything else there? I'm with it. Take from the Lions fan and Mitch there. We're, he's on the right path. Now, what if we – let's get crazy. What if we add the tight ends in? What if we add hey, Hawkinson? Okay. <laughs> Still the now Hawkinson. you're really tilting it. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right, now what if we add the punters? No. Lions All have right. a great punter. I'm okay with that. All right, so the quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan – Dak Prescott, surprise, surprise. Do you guys have anybody else you want to mention? Just run through them, quarterbacks. Everybody knows I still love Josh Allen. I've said it, though, this offseason. I just can't pay that price for the most part. Honestly, more so with me with the quarterbacks. They're all pretty blah at this point. So you're going to have to find the one that you have a lot of faith in and hope they exceed value. Like Cam Newton is a perfect guy to be on right now because his value can just go up from here. It's not going to really drop out at this point unless he has some, you know, catastrophic injury. But besides that, quarterbacks are just like, and you see it in Dynasty right now, people just don't really trade for him. And if they do, they're okay trading for Ben Roethlisberger and they don't want to go and trade for Watson. And we have a comment in the chat, so we're going to cut away to a brand new word from our sponsor. The 2020 fantasy football season is finally upon us. And due to quarantine, guys, it's very possible that you might have Ezekiel Elliott's haircut in your pants. And that's exactly why our partners over at Manscaped want to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. No one likes an ungroomed set of feet, fingers, and most importantly, balls. That's why they have forever changed the grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with the new and improved lawnmower, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for some of your liquid formulations, and that includes the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. You're going to get the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go over to manscaped.com, use code THEORY20, get 20% off and free shipping. Again, that's code THEORY20 for 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. Go check it out. You're going to love it. Like I said in the promo, you don't want to gamble 
You don't want to gamble on your male trimming down there, your your manscaping. But what you can gamble on, my bookie, 100% deposit match. Bonus. Bonus. Dan always gets me rattled here because he's always throwing things up on the screen. I love the props. How'd you know I had a Zeke in my pants, John? Oh, Dan. Come on. Let's keep it clean here, Dan. Come on. All right, we'll manscape that anyway. All right. So we've talked a little bit about male grooming. We've talked about using promo code theory over at my bookie. Get the 100% deposit match bonus, whatever you want to call it. Let's get into running backs. Mitch, start with you. This is a running back that you've been high on, and we already touched on him a little bit tonight. We did, but the biggest reason why I'm bringing him up is it's okay to have, like I said on a tweet this week, like it's okay to have fun playing fantasy football. Not every running back needs to be like, this is the greatest running back I've seen since Earl Campbell. So my running back's DeAndre Swift. He obviously plays for my favorite football team, the Lions. He's really talented. So why wouldn't I want him to be on all of my dynasty teams? I don't Mitch, see a Mitch. They're gonna they're gonna use a running back by committee, don't you know? I I know Adrian Peterson is gonna kill it. Just really quick, don't you like how Lashawn McCoy isn't talked about e- anymore because people like Fournette, and so they don't want to bring up McCoy, you know, playing over him. It's a really weird how Twitter works. It's a magical place, but he's just someone who I mean, we have him a little bit higher than Jonathan Taylor in the projections. Not a lot, just a little bit. You know, he's a little bit higher because he has the pass catching upside. And, he's and th- just th- a- th- this real quick, that, that was also before any of the minor injuries popped up here right. over the last few weeks in our projections. But- yeah, I don't think I would change it too much. He is just someone that I want every team. He's a really good talent coming out. The Lions have a huge need in the pass catching role. And if he could take over the rushing upside as well, like the sky's the limit for him. And so he's someone who I'm more than happy to get on every team. And if I miss on him, it's okay because he plays for my favorite team. And so if I could get a lot of a lot of him on the on my rosters, then I'm completely okay with that. And this is something that I was going to bring up with one of my running backs. And Dan, I'll go to, over to you in a second. But the unofficial depth charts came out. If you pay attention and you've been doing this for a few years, you know that these mean absolutely nothing. But if you're in a league with people, whether they're fresh into Dynasty or they don't pay attention necessarily 365 days a year in the extra day during leap years. But DeAndre Swift is coming in last on their depth chart for running backs. If that worries anybody, if that throws anybody for a loop and there is any concern with his dynasty value, heck, even maybe his redraft value. If somebody took him and you're able to trade a a, a later uh, player that you picked up or you can package something together, DeAndre Swift, he could be an interesting player, especially as this season progresses, which we always talk about with these high-profile, talented rookies. But yeah, Mitch, you, you've you talked me into DeAndre Swift because many, many moons ago, and I will be the first to admit it, I may have had Keyshawn Vaughn ahead of him in my rookie rankings. I have to go back and delete some tweets. So Dan, over to you. Who's your <laughs> running back while I delete some tweets and things from Instagram? I'm going to divert the attention away from that Vaughn talk there. Um, very, very, very happy. You, you plugged it early, JB, James Conner. Uh, you know, again, I go back to one year ago where in a lot of drafts in the very first round, first round, it was James Conner or Dalvin Cook. Here we are one year later, and what's different? He's healthy. 
He's got a solid O-line. Your Steelers are looking promising this season, you know, as long as they stay healthy. Health is the only concern. So give me that bell cow, James Conner. I'm feeling very confident about it. Took him in my home league yesterday uh, as my number two running back. What a number two running back that you could have that could be a number one. So thrilled to have James Conner. And and I'm going to put a little shameless plug. You know, I says old and new tonight. Um, Jordan Howard, guys. I know we've had this debate a little bit, JB, before, and we're looking at him and Brita. When he had that good season for the Eagles, one of the things they talked about was his conditioning level, that it was just amped up. You know, that he was in shape, you know, whatever issues he had prior to that, he just wasn't maybe taking things as seriously in great shape. I'm here, and he is just in excellent shape again this year in Miami. And I just think he's going to be a solid contributing running back to fantasy teams. That kind of goes like just unheralded, doesn't get a lot of attention. So you might be able to get him at a value. I'll say Jordan Howard is my new take, but Connor Strong all the way, buddy. Let's talk about Jordan Howard for a second because I love him. And somewhere along the line, things got misconstrued between Dan and myself because all of a sudden, because I said Matt Breida would be more involved in the passing game, Dan thinks that I'm going to – replace all these jerseys with Matt Breida, Matt Breida, Matt Breida, and I'm just absolutely in love. I'm going to send him a Christmas card over the holidays. But Jordan Howard, yeah, he he did a lot of great things in Philadelphia, positive game scripts, better offensive line. That's my concern in Miami that he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit and they have to revert more to the passing game as opposed to being able to run the ball down the opponent's throat. That's my only concern. But again, at his current price, as it always is, there really is no risk. I think he's a little bit matchup specific. You know, obviously, if the, he's not matchup proof like your bell cow backs, like a Connor, I'll start Con- Connor versus anybody. Uh, James Howard, you know, week one, I'd be a little reluctant versus New England and maybe be looking to, you know, put a wide receiver in my flex if I had that depth on my bench. But when the matchups are right, I have no hesitation starting uh, Jordan Howard. Mitch, Dan's mixing names here. He's thinking James Connor, thinking Jordan Howard. He threw a James Howard in there. You might hear about Jordan Connor eventually. I'm excited. Week one. We're here. We're all jacked up here. But very quickly, because I've preached this and I've talked about these guys all offseason, J.K. Dobbins, I don't know if he's going to have much of an impact initially in that Baltimore offense. But for dynasty purposes, please sign me up. Mitch, you and I, we co-own a few teams together. We have J.K. Dobbins. I've told you, I don't like to say a player's off limits, but you better give me the moon for J.K. Dobbins if I'm going to move him in dynasty formats. The other guy, and there was a scare, but David Montgomery, I still believe in him. And I think it's actually very telling the fact that they did not pursue any free agent running backs or bring anybody in. When David Montgomery had the, what was it, a groin injury? There was some concern, could have been a knee, we weren't sure initially. But for me, David Montgomery, he's still somebody that I believe in. And I'm still looking to see how this plays out. And in dynasty redraft, you were able to get him at a, a decent price throughout this offseason. Dan, Mitch, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, any issue before we go to wide receivers? You're going first, Mitch. You look like you were, at, you were locked in. Go ahead, man. There. Go ahead, dude. I was going to say, J.B., I love your J.K. Dobbins take this year, next year, any year. Um, I'm a little sorry I wasn't higher on him sooner. You know, I liked him going into the draft, and then I kind of just faded a little bit on rookies, and I wish I didn't fade on rookies because I'm really getting attracted to, to running backs like Dobbins who looks – just looks like a beast in camp. And then uh, Montgomery, you know, JB, at, at the end of the show, I might throw my challenge flag for all these Chicago Bears you want to talk about tonight. I, I am just – I am down on anything in Chicago related to the National Football League. Wow. So, okay, like, here's how it goes, co with John, right? You have DeAndre Swift on the team, 
and you have J.K. Dobbins. You need to make a trade for another quarterback. So he's like, you know, we should probably trade DeAndre Swift. And, but we're not trading J.K. Dobbins at all. Like, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins isn't moving. But you know that Swift guy? We could probably trade him for something. That's pretty much how it's Poor Lions fan. I know, right? <laughs> no, that team, I, we're okay everywhere. It's actually running back that we're, we're very weak. And Dan, you're in that league, I think. And you sent us a decent offer. Mm-hmm. But in the chat, I said, hey, everybody, if you if you need a running back, you come to us. And then Mitch is like, John, what are you talking about? We we don't have two running backs to rub together to make a third one here. Why did you have to be in town that night, Mitch? You know, like know, maybe right. we could have worked, John. He would have made an executive decision that night. The voice of reason had to come in. Darn, darn yep. you, Mitch. He was going to offer Carson to you, too. I'm like, dude, we don't have a running back if we do that. At least not here with immediate production in 2020. Looking at the clock, let's move ahead here to wide receivers. Mitch. This is going to be no surprise to anybody that has ever listened to an episode of this is going back to super flexology, super mm-hmm. flexology, dynasty theory. If you follow my man, Mitch on Twitter, you know that for wide receivers, he is going to talk about Jamison Crowder. So I end up, I was looking today. I have them on like 65% of my rosters, which is impressive when you have 40 different dynasty teams. But, and the biggest reason why I have him is because he's going in between like the 11th round, the 13th round of startups. And he's really easy to acquire in trades too. But something that no one really likes to admit, you can miss on your 11th rounder and be okay. Like if everybody misses on their 11th rounder, it really doesn't matter. There's, I mean, that's where Matt Breida is going. He could end up being nothing in the league at this point. But if you are right on one of those guys, if you're right on your 11th or 12th rounder and you have 50% of him on your teams, and that means 50 percent of your teams are going to be ahead of every single other team in the league if you're right on this guy. So if I end up being wrong on Jameson Crowder, so be it. But he had 122 targets last year. He's not going to see less than that this year. So I don't see his value dropping at all in anything. I could see it increasing. He's only 27. And as this offseason has progressed on Twitter, I've seen a lot of very intelligent people talking about Jameson Crowder. And luckily, we were there already. It's because they saw my tweets. They were like, oh, yeah. That Mitch guy was tweeting about him. I need to steal his tweet now. That's pretty much how it happens. I actually heard the rumor that Matthew Barry, he has a notification when Mitch tweets and he just kind of rephrases it and then boom, it takes off. I believe it. Right, right. Dan, your wide receiver here. And again, this is going to be no surprise to anybody that's listening to the show. No, no surprise with the money pick here of Hollywood Brown. I'm just thrilled. You know, he was on him early. And his stock just kept rising, rising. I kept watching him go up ADP and go go up in draft. So as we got later in draft season, I had to take him a little bit earlier. Last night in the home link, someone sniped them right before me, literally one pick before me. So I had to settle on Tyler Boyd, which isn't a bad settle by any means. Uh, but I just think he's in for a, a blockbuster year. But we've talked about that a ton, so everybody knows it. Guys, I'm kind of rising on lately, JB. I'm going to add Stefan Diggs, who I hear is just in phenomenal shape again this year. I think he's in a great situation in, in Buffalo there. And just to, you know, if you have for some reason a last minute draft, I think Debo Samuel is a freak and he's going to be healthy. And he's going to be out there week one where everyone's been fading him for weeks and, you know, not knowing if he'd be back to week six. I think by week two, he's definitely startable. You know, see how many reps he gets in week one. They might work him up. But Hollywood's my guy all the way. And uh, I've been trading for a lot of digs in the last few weeks. Happy you you got him in a league there too, JB. And uh, just don't sleep on Debo. We're not going to go very far here. Look behind me on this wall. Both top eight receivers here in 2020. Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley. I I love all five of these guys. And that's why I went over and, and got their jerseys. 
and like I always say, my wife says, if I get one more Jersey, we're gonna have an issue here, but uh, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, both in great situations. I will not get heated about Allen Robinson. We're going to leave that in the past, Dan. I want to make sure that we keep our friendship in good standing. So we're going to move on to tight ends very quickly here, Mitch. And I want you to clarify here because, Mitch, I, I think everybody likes your tight end. So you might have to give a little more detail here. No, I mean, everyone should like him because he should be on everyone's roster. Sadly enough, he's only on mine, but it's George Kittle. And the reason why you want George Kittle on your roster is because everyone's going to go set their lineups, right? Everyone's going to go set their lineups. They're going to look at the opposing team. They're going to look like, okay, you know, my quarterback matches up well. Running back's pretty close. I really like my wide receivers. And they say, oh, crap, he has George Kittle. I'm going to lose. Just having that mindset over your opponents each week is worth whatever you need to pay to acquire George Kittle. And having George Kittle on your team means you could just post gifts of him all day long on Twitter, and that's really what I need. What I was looking for, and we've talked about this again throughout the offseason, that this is essentially a recap show. Two days away from the NFL season kicking off, but for George Kittle, where you're taking him in tight end premium drafts, you've passed up on really good running backs to get George Kittle because that's the what you believe in him. I took him over Ezekiel Elliott in a few different tight end premium leagues this year. And I took him in the first of a non tight end premium league too. just want to have one every team. And I'm okay. If you know, if I'm paying a little bit more than I should Dan over to you, another tight end that I think a lot of people might like a little bit. Yeah, you know, you might Mitch is pick and my pick might come off as a little chalky but I just think it's opportune time and, and the upside for those guys is tremendous you know I think Kittle had some hard luck finding the end zone last year that I think regression is going to go in his favor this year and I'm really interested to see how the Niners offense evolves with Garoppolo and I'm high on Mark Andrews I was high on him last year and then the key with Mark Andrews to me this season is watching his snap count go up hopefully with Hayden Hurst gone I think he could just go off I expect Lamar to progress again so I'm huge on Mark Mark, Mark Andrews. Again, our listeners know that. So I'm going to throw in a, a curveball. And late in this offseason, John O. Smith is, is just flying off the charts for me. I, I think he could potentially definitely be top 10 and potentially even top five, as crazy as that may sound. Phenomenal shape, a lot of work with Tannehill. And I predict it's going to be the Henry A.J. Brown John O. show this season. I just think it's his time. And I want to be clear because if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, guys, you're talking about some of these running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends. It's a no-brainer. They're going to have a great season. We're not just saying they're going to have a great season, but again, these are guys we've been talking about, whether it was a buy low during the offseason or it was a high-priced asset like George Kittle or Mark Andrews that we were advising to go out and acquire. So uh, just keep that in mind. Again, if, if I was listening to this, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, Mitch, George Kittle. Of course we should go get George Kittle. But no, yeah. I mean, really go and get George Kittle. I don't mean like, no, it's a good idea. I mean, actually go and do it. As in 106 in startups, get him. Yeah. If that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. All right. So my two guys, again, I, it's, I feel like it is 2019 all over again because I talked about both of these guys. And I was one year too early on one of them. But one of them was Austin Hooper. I have him rostered in more leagues than any other player. In all of my leagues, I think I'm 40%. So it just shows you the the way I believe in Austin Hooper. Yeah, the Cleveland situation, I think it could be a little bit better. That wasn't the ideal landing spot. I would have preferred that he stayed in Atlanta, quite frankly. 
But for me, Austin Hooper, because he has been dropping in price significantly, any tight end premium league, I've been able to get him. I have labeled myself the Hooper Scooper, and I'm trying to get that to stick. I might actually get a T-shirt made, hashtag Hooper Scooper, and we'll see if we can get that trending. I, I don't know if anybody would want to retweet that crap. And then my other guy, Ian Thomas, I have him left over on so many rosters. I've been stashing him, and he's somebody that I actually have slated to play in my my lineups here to to start the season in week one. And did you guys go through and set like your preliminary rosters mm-hmm. lineups yet? Yep. It took me no joke. It took me a little over two hours to set all my lineups. And that's, that was me focused going through. And I, I said, I'm going to have a lot of issues Sunday morning. If there's a last minute scratch or a player, something happens with COVID it's going to be. A it's pain. Gonna be yeah. Something tells me I might have a player left in there somewhere along the way, but yeah, Austin Hooper, Ian Thomas, those are two tight ends that I just, I, I, I still love. And I think at their price throughout this off season, they were appealing and guys that I was looking to target. So a little bit lower down than your George Kittle, Mark Andrews takes, but still again, all four guys that we were looking to acquire. And also Jonu Smith, Jonu, no. jo- Jonu? No. Jeff, Pull Jonu? Up the red shoe diaries has a question. I think it kind of leads with our tight ends. Pretty good. But way on way in on this, I threw a hail mary with my last pick. I went with Dan Arnold, Arizona tight end. At his price, there's no issue. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how. What fifty <laughs> targets max? Exactly. Max? Like at that price, it's completely okay to go and draft him there. But if you ever have to put Dan Arnold in your lineup. Like you're just going to have to consider it a loss tight end versus tight end. I mean, you're never going to put them in your lineup. Be like, you know, I feel really safe in this position. It's just someone who you have, but I would rather have Tyler Eifert, anybody else. Yeah. No, I, I, no I, Tyler Eifert. Come on, Mitch. I'll make a wager right here. Maybe, September maybe. 8th, 2020, Tyler Eifert outscores Dan Arnold in 2020. That that's, Double those zero. are two players. They're going to decide your 2020 season. That's a high profile bet. Hey, you just never know, guys. You know, I like those deep roster guys there. Dan Arnold, he at least passes the eye test on film. So to to our listener there, you got a good good eye. And I actually, I, I'm saying this, I have him rostered in leagues, in, in deeper leagues, tight end premium leagues. I have him. But last pick, run shoe diaries, absolutely no issue with it. Just temper your expectations. But again, at that price, and as I always say, things are very price dependent. All right, guys, we went through all the positions here, touched on guys that we've been talking about all offseason, and a lot of them kind of trickled over from the 2019 offseason. Final thoughts. Three shameless plugs here, boys. After our listeners get their dynasty fix in and, uh, you know, enjoy this dynasty theory episode if you didn't watch it live here. Uh, I know you guys got to, you know, we're kind of cheating on each other this week here. I know you guys got some new content coming out that the listeners should be totally stoked to hear. Thursday night, get your DFS fix in with Justin and I on the uh, In The Money podcast. And then remember, code theory for uh, my bookie there. Take my Cowboys in the over. And Manscaped Theory 20, man, don't get caught with a Zeke in your pants. I like that. Mitch, what do you have for our listeners? We, we're we here. The season's here, guys. That's right. All I'm going to say is make sure, no, really the In The Money podcast that Dan and Justin do has been really good. And I'm excited to hear their week one picks. The only thing that I'll add as far as strategy going into this year, don't spend all of your fab this week. 
you see it across all the leagues right now is everyone's like, oh, you know, I'm going to go get this guy. And it's all over Twitter, you know, make sure. We're going to have so many injuries, more than likely this year, that there's going to be people that pop up throughout the year. Save your fab and worry about guys when you actually need them in week six, week seven, week eight. Don't go out and get the marginal guys now who could end up being injured themselves in three weeks. You'll just have to go and find someone else. That's a really good point. I'm happy you brought it up because especially in deeper dynasty leagues in previous seasons, if there's a player that maybe had a, a good week one or week two, again, deeper dynasty leagues, 14, 16 team leagues, I have been known to blow my my budget on one or two players. And then for the rest of the season, I'm left twiddling my thumbs. And then Joey says here, and Joey, you and Dan, you might be <laughs> long lost brothers here. Joey says, I would argue to add one or two dollars in fab in trade talks to have a bigger budget. Dan has been doing that since I've known him in every trade offer. And for the most part, it's never a, a, a hang up there. Right, Dan? I, I think you have a lot of success with that. I say, you got to get something in the trade to go home and tell mama about. So for me, that fab's my go home and tell mama about it. So Joey, right on, man. My last thing, we already talked about it, but I'm going to drive it home. Do not worry about the depth chart at this point. Don't worry about it. You see J.K. Dobbins, you see DeAndre Swift as running back for most people are not panicking, but there's probably somebody out there that looked at it like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? But then you look at Keyshawn Vaughn and he probably is running back forward on his depth chart. But guys, like I said, we made it. We are here. We made it through the longest and craziest off season probably ever, but two days away, NFL season kicks off. Make sure you use code theory over at my bookie. Make sure you're all clean and trimmed up. Use code theory 20 over at manscaped. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at dynasty theory. FF stay safe, be kind to each other and have a great night.